This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Amen. I'm going to just spend a little time here today and possibly next next week, Lord willing, on uh, something that's been stirring in my spirit about doors. And you think doors series was, what are we, into construction now? No, that's not what I mean. But we all know that uh, every room has a door, every house has a window. And and uh, sometimes, you know, you go to a door and it's locked, you don't have the key and you're kind of frustrated. It's like, where's the keys? And and I want to talk to you about closed doors or barred doors. And this is the first week in the series. And, and really what we're talking about is discerning the Lord's will when things just don't seem to work out. How am I with me? Say amen. amen. I think that speaks to all of us. And one of the foundation texts is going to be in Revelation 3, 6 to 8. And it's speaking about the Lord to the church of Philadelphia. And the scripture says, <clears throat> And I'm just going to read what I have here, and some of it is up there just to condense. It says, he who has an ear, let her hear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So this is all of us. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, these are the words of the one who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Then he says, what he opens, no one will shut. And what he shuts, no one will open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door, which no one can shut. For you have only a little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. So really, that's actually an exciting word. That is a complimentary word to that church. Not all the churches had great words, you know, that were spoken. But this one, God is saying that that whatever he opens is going to stay open. How many of you know if God says yes, no matter what comes against you, it's going to happen? All right? And if he shuts something, no matter how hard you try... It's closed, and that's what I want to talk to you this morning about. The God who closes door. Let me just, doors. Let me just read this. When we need to trust God when we don't understand what's going on. Question, have you ever had a vision or, or a dream that has vanished or died? Have you ever had your hopes dashed, something you were trusting for? Has God ever said no when you wanted him to say Yes. Has there ever been a time when you thought you were really doing God's will and God shut and barred every door you desired to have open? Wow. Has there ever been a time when you saw your plan fold and only to see God's will unfold? Well, I can answer yes to every single one of them. I don't know about you. See, here's the thing. Sometimes God leads us to a closed door. Why? In order to create within us a willingness. Somebody say willingness. Yes, to follow him to another door, the right door. In 1992, uh, I was out in Boston in the North Shore. I took a job uh, after leaving Minnesota and worked in dry cleaning. That was my profession in the dry cleaning industry. I knew everything, a lot about that and retail and the wholesale part. And I was a spotter and uh, did that for many years growing up as a kid. That was the family business and I took stains out of people's clothes. Now I take stains out of their hearts. Amen. (laughs) 
And so, so, but I would commute. It was just going up the loop in Boston. And I don't know if you know anything about Boston traffic. You know, you have to have a Boston car. Boston car has an I-beam on the front end, I-beams on the side welded. So no matter who slams into you, you just can keep going. Don't care how it looks because traffic is crazy. And so it came to a point where I had to get up at 3.30 or 4 in the morning to miss traffic to go up to Concord, which was only like maybe 35 miles, but took two hours. And so I did that. And then every night coming back, working in this dry cleaning plant. And um, the owner uh, was a banker and it did well in finances and in banking. And then I'm like, Is it, why did you buy seven dry cleaning stores, you know, I'm banking? And he goes, I don't know. I just thought it would be a good idea. So I was a lifesaver to him, he said, and coming in and taking over and, and helping him in the spotting and getting things around. And he says, you know, he said, uh, this was around 1992, just before I came out here. And he said, I have an opportunity for you. And I know you're just kind of getting going and you recently uh, married just a few years and, and I have opportunity for you and your wife and you work good together. And, and so I, I want to I wanna get you into one of my stores. It's a retail store. It does X amount of, you know, hundreds of thousands a year. It's a very affluent area. It, was, it, was, you know, it seemed real promising. And I'm like, okay, I don't know about the money coming down. He goes, you don't have to pay me anything down. He said, you can, you can just start and you just pay me monthly. And then after about a year, you know, we'll use that towards a down payment and you can just step in and you can take over the store. Wow. I thought, what an opportunity. And so I talked to him about it. And then I went home and talked to my wife about it. And, and, and I was actually getting like, something's happening. Amen. You know, finally, I'm getting a little breakthrough here in my life. And and as I started to pursue that a little bit, I met with him more, and then, then all of a sudden, uh, things seemed like they got stalled. And it just, it, 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 for some reason, and, and it just didn't seem like it was coming together. And then I get the phone call from here, uh, from Minnesota, of a pastor to say, hey, would you be willing to come out to Minnesota and start in the church at Pastor Steve, out at, uh, De uh, used to be Country Bible Church, now Destiny Church, and start working with our youth. This was uh, 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 1990, uh, 1993, I think it was, yeah, 1993. And I went, what? I have this opportunity to do this. And I was really perplexed and confused and thinking, you know, I could do this and make a lot of money and, you know, just get situated or... I could go back to Minnesota and I can start as a youth pastor. <laughs> I didn't even go to Bible school for youth ministry. <laughs> I don't know, even know the thing about it. I never even was in a youth group. We didn't have them out there in New England. And so it seemed like this door was the door to go through. But God shut that door. He closed that door. And the moment we made the decision to come out to Minnesota, we felt peace. Somebody shout peace. You need to follow after peace. So you're in a lot of confusion. You wonder, what do I do? What's the next step? You don't have peace. You're agitated about it. Hello. What was one of the movies? McFly. They would tap on his head. Hello. Maybe the Lord's trying to say something. McFly. Yeah. <laughs> Many times I've been in that situation. I've Lord, hello, Mike. You know, and I don't get it. And usually for me, when I recognize a closed door, it's like at that point, the Lord's knocking on my head. It's like, it's not working. Why? And then all of a sudden, this sense is, I've closed that door. Oh, I can pick myself up and he shut it. And see, when God closes something, he opens something also. Amen? How many with me say amen? amen. And so, so I just want to encourage you here this morning, the next few minutes, that bar doors can be a blessing in disguise. 
And so some of you, maybe right now, if you're believing God for this hunk of a man or, you know, hunk of a woman or a beautiful woman, you know, whatever, you know, you want to do get married or you want this or that. And, and, and you just like, you don't want to hear anything else that they're the one, you know, and it's like, okay, they may be, they absolutely may be, or they may not. God will close that door if you trust him. How many of you know it's better to marry the right person that God has for you? It doesn't mean the other person, there's something wrong with them, amen? But they're not right for you. I'll share about that in a little bit. Acts 16, 6 through 10, Paul asserted that he wanted to go, in the scriptures, to, towards the east, towards Asia. And he wanted to go to a town called Bithynia. And he had a good reason to go to this town. He wanted to go, watch this, to preach the gospel. Now, how many of you know that preaching the gospel is a good thing? Sharing the message of Christ. We're going to be returning to Sri Lanka again, probably the 15th, 16th, or 17th time. We've been there since 2000. And, and, and ministry, we're taking a team. And, and Lord willing, next uh, spring, we'll go back up north for youth and pastors conference. And so there's exciting things. And that's a noble. How many know that's noble to, to, to want to preach the gospel and to go? That's something good. But I want you to notice in Acts 16, notice verse. It says they were forbidden. Somebody shall forbidden. Forbidden, not by the devil, but by the Holy Spirit. You see that? Once you see that? Forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go into Bithynia. Why? It didn't make sense. Paul's like, I, I want to go preach the gospel. They need Christ. What is going on? How many feel that? Say amen. God said no. You know, how many know that God knows more and has a stronger love than we do? He knows more. He can see what we cannot comprehend. And at that time, the Apostle Paul, um, he, he, he was forbidden to go there. But it says in Acts 19, I believe a few years later, he had an open door. And he went there and he, he, he preached and he started a church there and, and great things happened. See, here's the thing. We can only see to the corner, but God sees around the corner. Okay, I want you to get that. You know, I heard a story uh, recently about a, an evangelist that was, and this really spoke to me because when I, I like to prepare for stuff, we, my wife and I will, in that sense, very organized. We don't wait till last minute. So, you know, if you're a procrastinator, we will frustrate you because we want to, you know, take care of beforehand. We don't wake up and go, oh, shoot, we forgot about that. We really focus on trying to, and uh, so we prepare in these trips. And, and so, so this evangelist, he was going to do a massive crusade in, I believe it was the country of Africa. And so he had prepared and he had planned for two years. Okay, now get this. Spent tens of thousands of dollars, church money, funds raised, massive crusade he was going to host in this certain country. And it came up to the time after two years and all the strategy, working with the pastors, getting everyone together. It's going to be a massive outreach. And man, he was so pumped up. He got his team. They all had tickets and they were ready to fly out. And they got on the plane, and, and, and by the time they landed there, two days before the conference, the government shut down everything. No evangelistic crusades, no nothing. You can't, you know, you guys are down. We don't want anything, you know, uh, going on in this country. And, 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 and they really didn't give a good reason. Uh, I think there was maybe some kind of a sickness or a plague that was going on, and, but it wouldn't really affected the crusade. And, and so they shut it down. And so this evangelist with his whole team, all the money that they spent, 
got on the plane. I remember, I just feel this too. And I felt like we, we put all this effort for two years, flew all the way back to the States, and he was so discouraged. He was so defeated. And he was like, why, God, why? Well, he finds out a few weeks later, like three weeks later, you know, re, you know actually it was just within a few days, but then he gets word of it that the country, the government went to a, a coup and someone tried to take over it. There was militants. So they went in and they started killing people in the streets. And he thought right where he was at, they could have come in and shot. He said, we could have been killed. Now, when he remembers that, he goes, I thank God for that closed door. Amen. You know, I remember we were in a shootout. Uh, there's a few of you here left, and Justin and myself and Joel and Mark Mittendorf and who am I forgetting? There's a few. Uh, my father, <clears throat> his father-in-law was part of that. And we were in Progressive, Progreso, Mexico. We were doing ministry there back in 2011, or, uh, 10 or 11. And I remember uh, when you talk about closed doors and how God will intervene if you can trust him in this. And and a lot of times I'm not saying I understand all this, but when it happens, I'm thankful to the Lord. Come on. That when he directed, you look back and go, wow, God d d delivered us in that moment. And I remember we were just finished the, the ministry. Uh, we did some construction and and uh, we were going to stop in the last. It was a Saturday. I can remember it. It was a little chilly. But we just said, you know what, we're going to go into town, have a nice meal, and we're going to go across the border, and we're going to come back. And sure enough, we came down the main drag, and we're in the van, and there's a backhoe that's in the way. I don't know if you guys, this spoke to me, the backhoe. Like, what is this stupid backhoe? And he's trying to, we couldn't park anywhere. It was on the main drag. And finally, the missionary guy says, yes, go, let's go around the back. I'm like, this is frustrating. We need a parking spot. We're hungry. So we pull way around the back got us all, the whole team in the back, off the main drag, and we started to walk in. All of a sudden, we heard some shots, and we thought, oh, it must be like the shootout at the OK Corral. Welcome, Americanos, you know, they're coming. And, and that's what happens, you know. They, they, buy, they buy a lot of, you know, drugs, they're prescription drugs there, and they bring in buses. And so we're just thinking they're having a party. And But we walked into the main street. Everyone is standing this way. Nobody is moving dead silent. Like, well, is there something about to take off? Here we are, the Americans. You know, what's going on? We're hungry. <laughs> and we walk a little bit, and the girl whose interpreter said, we need to get out of here now. And I'm like, quiet, devil, man. What are you doing? You know, <clears throat> that girl knew something. All of a sudden, rounds started going off, AK-47, bullets flying everywhere. Literally, you know, we were there in the midst of it. We dove into a clinic. And uh, by God's grace, you know, Mark went into a beauty salon. He was sitting there with five ladies screaming. <laughs> I tried to call him. He's like, where are you at? I'm right here. You know, Justin was with me. And then Joel, he was the smartest one. He just went back to the van. <laughs> I was like, where's Joel? And so I had to come back from Mark. And me. it was two people were killed right across the street. One of the dentists had to bring a barrel out to try to cover the body. It was just, and it, we found out later, it was a couple of drug cartels vying for the community. And one of the DEA agents, when we came, we literally ran to the border. Like, and I, you needed 60 cents kind of to pass. I didn't have it. I had to borrow. I said, can someone give me 60 cents? Boom. We ran to the border, regrouped, started praying. We thought, what just happened? We could have been in the middle where that firing was taking place, like right in the line of fire, if we were to park down at that main street. 
but God redirected us. A stupid. So when you're on the road and like this person, why they're so slow? You don't know if there's some 18 wheeler that doesn't see you that you were going to go across an intersection that would have plowed right into you. Can I get an amen? amen. See, God sees around the corner. And we need to trust him when he closes the door. That was just something that, you know, we experienced, and, and I'll never forget that. Now, we know that God opens doors, amen? We've seen him give us favor and good breaks and promotion. That's the hand of God. I really believe that. That's the hand of God opening the door. But the same God that opens the doors, he also will close doors in our life. In other words, you prayed, you didn't get the promotion, the loan didn't go through. The relationship, it just didn't work out. And so what happens is often we get discouraged. We kind of feel like, you know what, God, you, you let us down. You, you let me down. We get angry and Satan uses that to discourage people. But here's the thing. God can see the big picture for your life. Can you say amen? He can see that. God knows every road where it's leading. He knows the dead ends. Siri sometimes doesn't, you know, they'll take you or whatever, Google Maps to a place and, and you'll end up, what, this road's not supposed to go? And it's, you know, but God sees the dead ends, amen. amen? He can see around the corner. To us, it looks great. What we can't see is there's possibly danger. There's possibly heartache. There's trouble ahead. <clears throat> and God knows the roads that are a big circle. And you know what I mean by that? You're just going around. Didn't we pass this, honey, one time already? Yes. Oh, you know, he knows that. We would go for years and years and end up right back where we started, never making any progress. Let me just give you this quote here. A big part of faith is trusting God when you don't understand it. You can breathe that one in and just breathe that one out. Amen. You know, let me just say this, too. Let me interject. We believe that we should persevere in prayer. Can I get an amen? That means we shouldn't just go, okay, sarah, sarah, whatever be will be, you know, but there, I don't believe God wants us to operate that way. He wants to operate that, you know what, sometimes the enemy comes in and we need to drive that back. Amen? Sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's something we don't totally understand. We need to war good warfare. But when you've done, having done all, and that door closes, you have to look and go, you know what, God did that. We're not, I, I'm not supposed to do that. Help me with me say amen. So, so on the surface to you, it might look perfect, and you can't see any reasons why it shouldn't work out. But see, God can see thousands of things that we cannot see. <clears throat> Some of it, maybe God closes the door because maybe what you're believing for is too small. Have you ever thought about that? That doesn't usually radar. I mean, I'm thinking, well, usually my thoughts are big thoughts. Well, God may have bigger. See, if it's something I can accomplish, then probably not God's in it. Amen? <laughs> but if it's something that's way beyond me, it's like, okay, I, I can't. I'm a little nervous about that. Usually God's in those things. So if he opened it, it would limit what he wants to do in your life. The door may close because maybe it's not the right time. I get frustrated. I'll be the first to admit I'm some of, sometimes the most impatient person. Now, I know all of you are full of patience, but especially going into Walmart, you know, at certain times <laughs> or, you know, or certain lines, you know, and, then, and there's 100 people out there waiting to go to a cash register and there's one person on the register talking to everyone while they leave, you know? <laughs> Just get through, you know, or all the self-checkouts are closed, you know. So, but God has worked on me in that, and I just usually stop and just go, you know, I'm going to just trust the Lord in this moment and just be patient. Be patient. 
How many with me say amen? So it could be a timing thing. There are people involved that are not ready yet. If God opens it now, it wouldn't work out because there's certain things he's building within our lives and people. Here's the thing. Bottom line is this. God has your best interest at heart. God has your best interest at heart. When a door closes, you don't know what God is, is, is saving you from. All right, it could be something very, very serious. If your prayers don't get answered the way you want, instead of being discouraged and feeling like maybe God let you down, I think we should be challenged with a bigger perspective. It's like, wait a minute, is the Lord closing this door? And and I just need to accept that, amen? It could be, it could be the reason the door closed is because God has something better in store for you. It could be. If God wanted you to have that promotion, you'd have gotten it. Amen? He can move things. He can change things. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like a river, he can turn it whatever he wants. This is never going to happen. There's just no way next thing it happens. Because God turned the heart of that person. He can do that. I've seen that happen. <clears throat> you know, so I want to encourage you, just shake it off, move forward. There's something better coming that he has in your life. You know, if God wanted that person to stay that left you, <clears throat> they, you know what, they left. They made a decision. You know what, you just move on. Shake it off. Can I get an amen? Shake it off. The right people, I believe, are in your future. Uh, let me just say this. The closed doors are, are not always an accident. It's deliberate. God will be involved in that at times. You may not understand it. To you, it looks like maybe that opportunity of a lifetime just passed you by. But one day, this is the thing about reflecting in the past, one day you'll look back and you may thank God he did not open that door for your life. Come on. And see, I see heads nodding because I know, yep, if I would have married that person, where would I be today? Or, yep, if I would, come on now. We all have that. And so that's where the God closes the door and he opens the door. You know, when you think about meeting the right person and uh, I just think when you're a teenager and you're dating, you're just kind of crazy. You don't really know what's going on because I know I was. Just, just yeah, you know, you think, you know, you think, you know, this is right. Yeah, this is right, this is right. And then, you know, by the time you hit your 20s, you still think, you know, I got this. And then you hit your 30s, you know, you think, I wonder if I know what I'm doing. And then you hit your 40s, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Your 50s, I know nothing. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it's just so, but but I thought I was to marry this one girl, and I kind of grew up, and 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 I thought this was it. But here's the thing: my parents were just like demonized against her. All right, and so now you used just calm down if you're in this situation. They were so mad, and I felt my parents were just you just didn't like this girl. You just didn't like her. She's just a great girl. And, and you just want to ruin my life. You know, you usually think that at 17, you know, and, and it's like, so you're destroy, destroying my life. And it became so hostile. It was like, it was, and I look back now, I just think, wow, so much God. He didn't close the door. He kicked that door shut. And he used my parents. He used everyone. And then my parents, because they couldn't get anywhere with me because I was still so hell bent that, you know what, this was right for me, brought in, right, get this, ready, ready? 
brought in all the leaders of dad's church to come sit in a circle and tell me why I shouldn't. Yes, yes, they did that. Yeah. <laughs> How nutty was that? You know, I think of that today. You people are crazy. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and they're like, yeah, this relationship's wrong and you need to break it up, Mike. I'm like, this is nuts. Looking back. But you know what? It was God closing a door. You know what? My heart didn't change until I found out I, I went up north to a place I was actually in Binghamton, New York, Tri-County area. I was with a guy for just a, a few weeks. We had a little ministry there, and I just tried to get away. And, and then I found out from her sister that, oh, she's already moved on, and she's with another guy. <laughs> that was it. I was done. <laughs> and so for two weeks, dried my tears and moved on. And, and then it just didn't seem like it ended. And then there was, a, there was this other girl that, you know, I just thought, yes, this is the one I'm going to marry. And she was in, you know, drama ministry and... Ah, I was just thinking, yeah, you know, maybe this is the one. And and uh, next thing I know, <clears throat> that whole thing blew up. And so I'm in Bible school here, and I hadn't heard from that girl for over a year. And the day I go to meet Rhonda, this is the truth. The day, it was a Wednesday, and it was at the corner gym in, in Dallas. And I was training with a friend, and he knew Rhonda, and, and he had a, a gal that that he liked, and, and so he invited her, and and I don't know, Rhonda, someday, you could have Rhonda, someday we'll have Rhonda preach, tell us her end. Amen? Because it'll be so much clearer, and so much more godlier, and it's going to be so much better than me up here, bumbling around. But but uh, I just remember that day I meet her, and then it was just like, oh, dear God. And I get a phone call from this girl saying, I'm sorry, I hurt you. Let's get back together. The same, come on now, the same day. I haven't heard from over a year, this girl. I said, you know what, uh, this is kind of my answer. I said, if that's the case, then you better put some roller skates on, roller skate all the way over to Dallas and tell me you're serious. That was the end of that. <laughs> and the relationship started. I know, I really wasn't that life-giving back then. But <laughs> hey, once bitten, twice shy. Come on, amen? So how many still with me? Say amen. God will close the door. <clears throat> and... You know, if God hadn't closed the door, you've gotten stuck at one level and, and, and you wouldn't see God's favor that he has for you in the future that he has for you. And, and, and I don't want you all to filter this in your present situation. You're thinking, is it open? Is it closed? And, or that happened? Or why did this happen? Don't go crazy on that. But I want you to just be at peace to know, follow after peace. If something you've prayed about, you've asked God about, you're frustrated about, it's not seem like it's working. It could be a discipline thing. It could be a perseverance thing, you know, perseverance, Romans says produces strength and, and character and, and so all those things are important but if it's still shut that door shut God's closed that door amen. how many with me say amen uh, I need to end so stand with me if you would please um, kind of rambled on a little bit uh, I want to end kind of actually with a story I think that really I recently heard this that speaks to it and the Bible says in Psalm 31 15 God my life is in your hands if a door closes and you don't get your way I want to encourage you, try not to get upset, <laughs> okay? Just filter that. I've gotten upset. You can have an attitude. I think this is the proper attitude. After you calm down, after you dry your tears, after you, you know, patch the sheetrock that you punched a hole through, whatever it is. I know this door didn't close by accident. God closed it on purpose. <clears throat> and what God closes, I don't want open. Did you hear that? You don't want it open. 
you don't open. You know, it's a freeing way to live. It really is. It's freeing. When you really believe God is in complete control, it takes all the pressure off. It takes the pressure off. You know, I heard a story about a man that flew to a major city for a big job interview. He was so excited about it. and <clears throat> It was a top position in one of the largest companies in the world. To him, it looked like this, this was this golden opportunity, huge boost in his career. And so he was ready to give up his position of nearly 30 years and move his family to that specific city. So he attended a local church there and he met with the pastor and he asked the pastor to pray over the, he has a big interview in this company. And so the pastor and them, they prayed and that God would give him favor and cause him to stand out and all those wonderful things that are important and we need to pray those things. So in a few days he called the pastor and he said, Pastor, I am on cloud nine. This is great. First interview. Everything went great. It looks very promising. And several weeks went by and they invited him back for a second interview. He did the same thing. Came by the church. Pastor prayed over them, prayed for favor, prayed for promotion. And, and after talking with him for several uh so on and on and on. But then after talking with him for several hours, the company called him back and said, you know, we really like you. You're incredibly talented. We just don't feel like you're the right fit for our organization. He says, he says, it, it was like the air went out of his balloon. The past relates. He said he came to the church service like he had lost his last friend. He said he looked like he was 20 years older. He was so discouraged. It just didn't work out. Pastor told him, he said, he said to the pastor, I don't understand it. I prayed, I believed, I, I just confessed, I trusted, I'm ready. All these things, how could God let this happen? The pastor told him, he said, that the same God that opens doors will close doors. You have to trust him. You may not understand it now. But one day you'll understand it. One day you will thank God that you didn't get that position. Well, a couple of years go by. You know, he went back to his company. And so he shows up to the church a few years later and he meets the pastor and he goes smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> he said, Pastor, God knew what he was doing. I want you to get that word. I'm going to say it again. God knows what he's doing. Okay. He said, Pastor, God knew what he was doing. He told me how the company was in bankruptcy at that time. He didn't know it. He said, thousands of people were laid off. It was a big mess. It was all over the news. The whole company ended up shutting down. And here's how good God is. You ready? <clears throat> he was less than two years away from retirement at the other company. If he would have gotten that position, he would not only be out of a job right now, but he would have lost nearly 30 years of his retirement benefits. And he came and said, I thank God I didn't get that position. Wow. You know, in conclusion here, we're going to receive communion. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. So I want to encourage you, don't be discouraged by your closed doors. Let's pray. <clears throat> You're here this morning and said, Pastor, I'm not right with the Lord. And I really sense that though God is, is drawing people here this morning. You kind of, Christ in your life and church and it's kind of been like on the back burner, kind of in the back of your mind. And the Lord is saying, I'm calling you to step up your game. He's calling you to be wholehearted, all in. 
That's the word I feel this morning. God's saying, don't be half-stepping it. Don't be in and out, one foot in the world, one foot in the church. Okay, well, this is cute. We do this a little hour and a half on Sunday, and yeah, it's good. We meet some people. And, but no, God is saying, I want you all in with him. You say, Pastor, that's me. I've just, I haven't been all in with the Lord. I want to pray with you. And how we do it here at Harvest, we don't ask you to come down or single you out, but we just, we're going to pray in general, and, uh, and I'm going to ask you all to pray with me. And if that's you, and that's your heart, and you say, this is my prayer, I want to be all in, I want you to pray with us. If that's you, pray with me. Say this with me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. I give you my life here today. Jesus, I make a decision to be all in. If I mess up, I repent and I move forward with you. I just thank you for saving me now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.